Business Buzz Podcast. The, the Business Buzz. Good evening and welcome to the Business Buzz right here on VowFN 88.1. The time has just gone by. We are a bit late today. Like, uh, I won't even lie. Like, today is one of those days. The time has just gone by 5 after 6 p.m., which means it's time for us to get into the Business Buzz for your weekly roundup of business and economics news. We're broadcasting live from our studios right here in Bramfontein. And my name is Mudiwa Mob Justice Kavaza. I'm joined in studio uh, by someone who's very energetic. I don't know what's going on, uh, especially for someone who's being oppressed by exams <laughs> but <laughs> how let's, are you not, let's, not, let's not go there um, I'm good thank you how's your how's your week been no 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 it's good uh-huh. uh-huh. Tell me more. No, no, no. Uh, you know, just work, deadlines and the like. But I feel like your life must be very interesting at the moment. Why are you so energetic? Like, if I if I did what you're doing right now during my exams back in the day, I think I would have had a better life. Oh, my goodness. And I'm not really sure how to respond to that. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm, I'm eating better. Maybe that's that's contributing. I'm trying to do the exercising thing. Oh, okay. Trying. Trying. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. We'll see how far it goes. What's like your like Routine. a like a weird um, exam studying thing that you do that other people be like, what? what what's this? Well, I don't. I don't. Well, I, I don't really know what other people are doing, so, uh. so I don't. I can't really compare properly. Uh, but I'm I'm nocturnal, so that comes easier yeah. to me. So I don't know if some people study better during the day, um, some people study better during the nights. I'm a night person, so. Okay, I can definitely testify that when during my exam days, that was the time when I used to get through the most series. Is it? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. That's kind of ironic considering that it's such a time tower. Yeah, but you see, that's the thing. I would find a sitcom. Okay. Right. So sitcoms are 20 minutes long. Oh, yeah, right? true. So Not I like w- these Vikings or Game of Thrones. Exactly. <laughs> so I would use them as, as an incentive. Okay. Like oh, if I read a chapter nice. or finish the paper, uh-huh. you know, you allow yourself 20 okay. minutes, watch the thing. I see and you. And then, you know, to I the see next you. Okay, <laughs> Because, I mean, that's how the, the, you know, the brain is channeled. If they know that, if it knows that something good is coming at the end of it, you know, you're going to want to get through stuff. Exactly. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, see, smart one. I'm giving you studies. Look that's, at you. But anyway, today we are talking about informal trading. We're going to be talking about what it means um, to be running businesses that are sort of outside of the mainstream. And we're going to be talking to an informal trader and then an expert, uh, someone who's no stranger to the show, um, just around what, it, what the informal trading and informal sector is looking like in South Africa at the moment. So that's how our show is going to be looking. Also coming up, we're going to be having our business wrap for your weekly roundup of business and economics news with Ken Swettenham. And then we are going to be giving you our Buffalo Index, where Klingy was going to be telling us the state of your 100 rand. In terms of, uh, you know, telling us about whether or not you are participating in the informal sector, uh, you can get in touch with us uh, on social media. Uh, Klingy, how can people be talking to us out there? So, Alice can get a hold of us on 
following social media platforms. On Facebook, we are VowFM Voice of Vits and Vits Radio Academy. Mm. On Twitter, we are at VowFM and our hashtag is Business Buzz. On WhatsApp, we are 084-078-4912. They can also stream the station live at www.vowfm.co.za and our podcasts are available on www.vits.journalism.co.za slash business. So that's uh, that's how you can keep in touch with us. Let us know. Um, you can follow the conversation, and you can also input and tell us um, if you support some of the techniques, some of the businesses, and you know if you're also considering getting into business as well. On the other side of this, we get into our business wrap. This is the business buzz. Business wrap with Ken Sweatman. On the line, we're joined by our financial expert. We have Ken Swettenham, who's going to be giving us a roundup of uh, the week's top trading business and economics news. How are you, Ken? I'm very well this evening, and yourself? Huh? I'm doing all right. Um, in terms of uh, the week out there, in terms of the markets, the economy, um, what are some of the highlights uh, that people should have been paying attention to this week? Well, the, the, the highlights, and it's not necessarily financial uh, or business, but it has an impact on economies and finance and business. And, of course, that has been the, the American midterm elections. And yes. uh, what was very interesting about that, uh, with the Democrats taking over the House of, of uh, the Congress, is that we saw the, the dollar weakening and, therefore, currency strengthening against that. Um, just on the idea that Donald Trump is going to have a little bit of competition in getting his policies through. <laughs> and, we, and we saw the rent strengthen very, very nicely yesterday, coming under 14 to the dollar for the first time in in several months, um, getting right down, I saw at one point, touching 18.20 to the pound. Uh, sadly, it's lost a little, little bit of its gloss today. It's currently, the rent is currently trading at 14.01 against the dollar, 18.38 to the pound and 16.03 to the euro. So our, our currency has those strengthened um, a fair amount over the last couple of weeks, although as somebody pointed out to me today, we are still substantially down on where the currency was trading at the beginning of the year. Um, uh, Ken, I think one of the things our listeners might be aware of is the fact that uh, the U.S. and China have been in a bit of a tiff. So with the outcome of the elections being what it is, do we expect um, that that war is going to continue because um, China is South Africa's biggest trading partner so that would end up in some way having some effects on us? Well, the, 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 that tip, as you call it, between uh, the, the Chinese and, and the Americans, and, and very, very briefly, because uh, you could do a whole show on this, but very briefly, it came about because China not only trades uh, with South Africa, as you correctly pointed out, but they trade with just about every country in the world, and almost every little trinket you can pick up in the shops, if you look at it closely, will have made in China on it. So they're, so they're exporting goods at, at a huge rate and at a huge amount. And, and this, of course, one of the reasons the Chinese economy has been growing in, in that 7 8% a year for the last several years. So Donald Trump decided that he wanted to put the import tariffs on Chinese goods to try and encourage the Americans to buy American goods, in, in a nutshell. The Chinese obviously weren't happy about that because America is also a big um, consumer of their goods. Uh, it looks like it's all settled down a little bit. Um, there's going to be some trade deal signed, I understand. But it was certainly not at the end of that. But if they can get that sorted out, we should then see 
currency, the market settling down a little bit. And um, but that, that's a story that's still got to run, of course. Yeah. So, do we expect that the rand is gonna stick at this uh, sort of uh, play around at this fourteen level, or should we expect it to sort of go back to that fourteen twenty, fourteen thirty level and settle down there in the coming weeks? It, it's a difficult one to call with the currency, as you know. Uh, the currency, the future of the currency, has always been the most difficult one to predict. So, from a personal point of view, I think it will settle down for the simple reason that we are slowly moving towards the end of the year. There's, there's no real major economic news now expected over the next uh, four or five weeks until um, companies start closing down, and certainly nothing much happens over December. So, I personally anticipate we should see it reasonably stable now for the next uh, two months until January when people come back after the festive season. Uh, there, there's nothing in the, in, in the future, in the immediate future, which should uh, knock the rand off kilter one way or the other. Although, you know, this is a funny world. Uh, I, I could be proven very wrong and all Donald Trump needs to do is open his mouth and then that could send our currency <laughs> spiraling. So it's a difficult one to call, but if all things remain equal, I, I think we'll stay reasonably stable on the rand. Uh, from now until until the festive period. So yes, that was us. We we're on the line with Ken Switchen, our financial expert, giving us a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news. Uh, the big story, as you heard, is the fact that uh, the U.S. just held its uh, midterm election, and uh, the Republicans have uh, maintained control of uh, the Senate, and then uh, the Democrats have just regained control of uh, the House of Representatives, meaning that um, Donald Trump and the Republicans' powers have been mitigated just a little bit. Uh, the rand falling just underneath the 14 level for the first time in three months. And we, as you heard, Ken expects um, that we're going to settle around these levels because not much is said to happen for the year to come. So that's it in terms of the business wrap. On the other side of this, we tell you the state of your 100 rand. This is Business Wrap with Ken Sweatman. The business does. Time for us to tell you what the state of your 100 rand is looking like today, sometime in November. And uh, our, we have our exam candidate who's about to tell us. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Can you just let that drop already? You know, I come here as an escape. Uh, <laughs> from. Listen, the, I know you're going to do well. Oh, really? And yeah. how do you know this? Huh? You've made it this far in life. Oh, wow. Thank you for that, Faith. <laughs> and you're smart. So I don't know. What are you worried about? The states of your 100 grand. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so today we are focusing on the informal economy, as uh, you've mentioned. Um, so trade intelligence estimates that the informal market in South Africa is valued at uh, 164 billion rands. Which is 1.6 1.640 million buffaloes. That's a whole lot of buffaloes, hey? <laughs> 164 billion, um, which represents uh, between 30 and 40% of the total food spend in the country. Um, it's estimated that the sector consists of 155,000 informal traders that range from general dealers to, um, to um, supermarkets, um, superettes, uh, service uh, and house shops, um, spaza shops, uh, and finally table to- uh, top hawkers. Um, 39% of the of, of the owners own smartphones and are able to place their orders online, and uh, and because they don't have time to uh, shop physically, which is important. Um, but some of them, it's like they have to 
um, get, get their stock um, physically. Uh, and the Spaza shop specifically, which was a point of interest, are valued at just um, around 7 billion rands just alone. Mm. So if you're looking for... Um, something that doesn't have a lot of barriers to entry um, and you don't have a a whole lot of um, startup capital, I think, you know, setting up your own, either your own tabletop um, stall in town or starting a spaza shop could be something that one could consider. And I was just looking around Bromfontein area and uh, there's a 9,000 rands um, uh, 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 rental uh, space that's available at the moment on Jutta oh, okay. Ju- Street for 9,000 rands. Yeah. So if anybody out there is wanting to is go that into a the. Lot? Um, it depends on what you're selling. Okay. So it, it really depends on the demand for the product that you're going to supply. For example, a hair salon, I think they make that kind of money probably in two days or even maybe sometimes a day depending on how much foot traffic there is. Uh, yeah. So, and then there's different things. If you're looking to be like a tabletop hawk, uh, hawker in town, then you can get a table from Trestle Table Dossier and they have from starting from 450, 840 and to 1,250 um, and you have a, a chair there that's also available for 250. So those are just so, so, sort of like the basic entry level things to sort of uh, set you in into that informal economy. Okay, cool. So would you would you do a spaza shop yourself or would you buy a spaza shop and have someone else run it for you? I'm going to have a um that uh, tabletop top option one running soon in town. Oh, okay. Yeah, selling butterworth rolls. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, you, we, we, we've got to practice mm. what we preach. You yes. can't just be yeah. here, out here, talking about these things. Uh. You know, we, when we when we talk to people about, you know, growth, we have to have gone out there and experienced it for ourselves so that by the time we we want to develop their, their businesses, we know what we're talking about. <laughs> the business buzz. Yes. <laughs> so that's going to be like another side hustle. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I'm actually quite impressed. Uh, but we are going to be talking to uh, an informal trader on the other side of this just to mm-hmm. hear what their business is, is about and how they are uh, choosing to go about it and then on the other side of that we're going to be talking to an expert around what the informal trading sector looks like so keep it locked on the other side of this we get into our main topic you're tuned in to the business bus Welcome back to the Business Buzz. Today we are talking informal trading on tonight's show. Uh, we just came from giving you our business wrap together with our Buffalo Index for, and we told you what the state of your 100 rand is looking like. So in terms of uh, today's show, remember that you can keep the conversation going um, online. You can uh, let us know uh, on Facebook. We are the Vow FM, that's Voice of Vits. And you can also find our other Facebook page, that's the Vits. Radio Academy and then on Twitter we're at VowFM and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz but it's time for us to actually you know get things going and we have some special guests in the studio with us today so yes we do have some very special guests with us today we have Marilyn Mabunda uh, who is the secretary of the SA informal traders forum and she's joined by Amen I'm pronouncing it right. I'm in Sitoli. So we're delighted to have you guys here on the show today. I think our first question is just going to be just if you can just tell us a bit more about what uh, the South African Informal Traders Forum is and what it does. Yes, any of you can start. Thank you very much. Thank you to the listeners all over there. Um, informal trading in broad, 
actually. So there's the forum, just a bit about the forum and what the forum South does. South African Formal Trading. Yeah, it's, it's South African uh, Formal uh, Trading. It's, it's like, um, it's an organization. Mm -hmm. uh, this organization, uh, it deals with uh, informal trading. All informal trading, as long as you're in a street or a walker, okay. anything that, then it deals with these with this people because most of the time, we, we really concentrate on uh, people who who don't exactly have that right to sell, who can just stand there at the corner, yeah. start to sell, something like that. Awesome. So we, we, we give them that opportunity so that we gather all the information about these people and then we try to help them everywhere. Okay, so if I'm looking to set up a table in Johannesburg CBD, who do I need to speak to? Where do I go? How do I start? <laughs> uh, it's not that simple. Mm -hmm. Because we have uh, different, uh, we have different platform. But uh, let, let me tell you according to my understanding, actually. Then Marlin will will tell you according to her understanding, okay, actually. Great. So what is happening now? If you want a, a table around CBD, mm -hmm. remember we have we have we have JMPD, we have JPC. As uh, JPC, they control all the market. So that's the Johannesburg Metropolitan uh, Police. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. and we have uh, JPC actually. Mm -hmm. But that time, you remember it was. Um, it was uh what do you call it? MTC mm -hmm. Metropolitan Trading Company. Okay. So what is happening? You don't just get a space, actually. No, you you go to the Metropolis or you go to JMP, uh, JPC, then uh, ask, you ask them actually like uh, there's a space there. Then they will come and uh, and paint with the yellow paint and okay. if if because they have to check if it's a demarcation place or. It's a dangerous place, something like that. Okay. It's not easy. So okay. Marilyn will, will tell you everything. Yes. Uh, Marilyn, my question to you, how did you decide to go into the trading space? <coughs> Thank you very much. Um, first of all, we do have um, waiting list. Okay. We use the wait waiting list. When you come first, you, we write you on the waiting list. You're supposed to wait and until you get the space. Okay. First of all, we must go to, to your place and verify the place if it's okay. After that, we will demarcate it for you. It's not us who are going to demarcate. It's J, JMPD with, together with DED, mm. Department of Economic Development. Mm. They're going to demarcate with the yellow paint or where there is um, property. Mm. They will accommodate you and then give you the space. Awesome. They must give you the space where there is water, electricity, shelter and everything because you're going to pay rent. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, and in terms of your business, tell us a bit more about your business. What do you do? What, what, where, what do you sell and where do people find you? Mm, Bara, mm -hmm. Baramaget, okay. which is near the, the Baraguanat Hospital. Um, I'm selling fruit, vegetables, sweets and cold drinks. Okay. But when you come, when you come to, to Bara, you must, we must write you what stuff are you going to sell because mm -hmm. there is competition mm. inside the market. So, if 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 you are you are, maybe you are they will give you the the the, the numbers the, yeah. the shops are uh, uh differentiated between the numbers there is number one number two until number whatever mm. so if number one is selling fruit and veg yeah. you mustn't sell fruit and veg you must sell mm. cold drinks and sweets if number uh, as as much as i'm saying you must uh, number three is going to sell maybe battery accessories and everything mm. so 
when you came to Bara, we do have an office where, I, where we are going to, to, to write you in, the, in our waiting list. For now on, our waiting list has got 492. Wow, that's a long list. Yes, for the traders who are waiting to, 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 to get the space and sell inside the market. So for people who are on the waiting list or people who are still unemployed, what advice would you give them in terms of something of the sort? So they're not able to go to Baraguana right now. What advice do you have for those people? What can they do in the meanwhile? They must... They, 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 they can come, but they, 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 they will wait for the waiting list and they will make different business to others mm. so that they can live. And are there other places that are like the Baraguana set up in other places in the city that they can go to? They can go, but we, we, as, 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 as South African Informal Traders Forum, mm-hmm. we, 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 we got 32 markets okay. around Johannesburg and then we do have um, streets so if if you came to Bara, I will arrange maybe with Midrand Market to check if there is a space, mm. and then they will give you the space. So do you mind sharing the information around the forum so that anyone who's listening maybe can yes, touch base with you guys? We, we don't mind. Okay, if you can just kindly share the information now with us. Like? Who, like a contact person. Our contact, contact person, the, the, the main person is Brian Palo. Mm-hmm. Yes. And how do they get a hold of Brian? You you can call Brian on. Okay, so maybe we'll share those numbers at the end of the show. We'll get okay. those from you, and then we'll share them with the listeners no later, problem. so that uh, people can contact you guys, uh, like directly. Yes. Um, and what have you? What has been like the main challenge or one of the main difficulties in 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 you going about in the, in your business? We do have challenge because we are renting at uh, the city of Johannesburg, mm-hmm. but they they are not doing well for us because for now on, let me say uh, at. 2000, year 2000, I was, I was selling outside the market before they, 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 they built the structure. Mm. They told us that if I get inside the structure, there, was, there, were, there will be no one selling outside the market. But for now, there are people who are selling illegally and they are not paying rent while they are putting their stuff inside our market mm. where I'm paying rent. Mm. It's the main challenge because they, each and every month they, they, they're looking for rent. Yeah, so it's not easy, you know. Uh, because if you can check the number in the market compared to the number outside the market, mm. which means the number outside the market is more than the number that is inside the market. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. So when, when, when it goes to competition, obviously the market that is outside, they have a high volume and mm-hmm. they can make money on, out there. They okay. don't pay rent. Yeah. They don't pay anyone. Yeah. It's free for them. So, so while you are inside the market, you need to pay rent. You need to make sure that you have customers, something like that. So it's a big challenge. It's not easy. And who do you guys raise these kind of issues with? Is it the police, the Metropolitan Police? Oh, JPC. J- and have you guys yeah, reported this to them? Obviously. And, and they know the, the issue. Oh. You know, it looks like they've been failing. Mm-hmm. They don't have the clear solution. Have you ever come across a situation where you don't have a solution? But mm-hmm. you can see it, it, has, it has been happening. Mm-hmm. It has been there. So I think we as informal traders, you know, we are very strong enough because... We, we are living there and we are doing business almost every day there. But it's not easy for us, you understand? That's the biggest challenge. Again, another challenge, uh, yes, if you don't have money, how can you run a business? It's not easy. Mm-hmm. So if you can check most of the funding scheme or maybe let's talk about banks. They can't fund someone who's in the market. It's not easy. They don't trust these people. Mm-hmm. You understand? So you need to wake up and make a plan. Obviously, you'll go to the loan shark. 
you borrow money there you use that money what about the interest then going back to the whole thing it doesn't make sense you'll suffer forever because if you can go to the bank they'll tell you about uh, you need to register yes we have registered business but obviously if 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 you are busy selling each and every minute you cannot take that money to the account mm-hmm. you need change yeah. you need stock so i think my last easy. question to you guys is i mean and i think both of you could answer just very briefly is um if any key players are listening to the show right now people who have influence and people who can bring about that kind of change that you guys want to bring what would you like to say to them so whether it be the metro police uh, metropolitan police who are influential whether it be the bankers or who, whoever is a key player in your specific sector what would you guys want to just what change would you guys want to see or what would you want to say to them? <coughs> Let me say, um, in, in informal trading are here to stay. Mm. We, we can't go anywhere. Whether they like it or not, we are going to sell. Mm. Um, can, can I say JPC must improve mm. the, 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 the standard because for now on we, we do have old mamas who were selling maybe from 1974 mm. even now today they are still selling spinach fed cooks and everything on the street and they're not getting they're not getting anything maybe they they they, they can say ged was funding last last year they say ged was funding they do have nine thousand rand which is going to fund the, the traders but when the old mama go to to to, to ged they said she, she must re- register her business how can she register her business while it's, it's working up at three o'clock early in the morning and go and sell fed cooks? It's our main challenge also. Oh, so noted. Mm. Parting shots, I mean? Yeah, yeah, you know, J- JPC, they are now, like, they don't care about uh, informal trading, actually. We know that. Uh, it's not all about to say maybe we need to ask them or something. They, they don't care. What they want, they want to take care of the market especially the maintenance and the advertising so we're not advertising we're selling so they need to change a strategy they need to change their their marketing strategy and how they they should manage people and stuff because look if you find someone who's selling uh, spinach for 15 years then that business is not improving and still our municipality is not doing anything about it you understand so we end up selling spinach all of us 50 people are selling spinach mm-hmm. And that's not improvement. We need we need something like maybe, you know, come up with new ideas because obviously we need funding. So DED, we don't know where is the money going here. Maybe this, they are doing something about the money because we didn't get the money. Oh, that's disheartening. Uh, hopefully the key players in the market are listening that's and it. someone is going to do something with regards to all the issues that you guys have raised. But thank you so much for joining us. That was Marilyn and, uh, and Amen of SA Informal Traders Forum. You're tuned in to the Business Bus. Welcome back to the Business Buzz. Today we are talking about informal trading in South Africa. And we just came from giving you what it looks like to be an informal trader. But we right now want to just go into the broader um, South African context and look at what informal trading is looking like um, on a national scale in the townships and the cities. What is it looking like across the board? And on the line, we are joined by someone who is no stranger to um, the Business 
Buzzle, we are joined by Gigi Alcock, who is um, an author of uh, the famous book Cassinomics, just around um, informal economies, especially in the townships, and he's also the head of Mininawe Marketing. Interestingly enough, about a week ago, he released a follow-up to Cassinomics. It's called Cassinomics Revolution, and we are going to be touching on it a little bit as we go through our discussion. How are you, Gigi? Very good, thanks. And you? I'm fine, thank you. Um, so as we begin our discussion, uh, could you just let our um, listeners know what the business case is um, at the moment for informal trading? Um, there might be some people out there saying to themselves, um, is informal trading really that much of a thing or should we all be trying to register our businesses and getting uh, sort of more into, in the, into the mainstream? Yeah, so I think that's a big mistake people make is that they generally look at informal traders as um, kind of subsistence or survival businesses where, you know, they have no alternative and they um, go into into this business. And you couldn't be more wrong. I mean, i give you an example. In downtown Joburg, there's a informal trader and her husband who sell um, 2,500 Amaguino or Fed Cook every single day and, and at a rand each, uh, plus they sell some other odds and ends. They make about 1,200 rand um, a day, so and they're there seven days a week. They're putting twenty five to 30,000 rand a month into their pockets. Um, you know, there's another informal trader that I profiled in Gasinomic Revolution who's at a school um, and who's a school to mama selling to the school kids. She's been selling at the same place in the same school for 26 years um, and she puts 6,000 rand a month profit into her pocket. She put two children through university, her husband's unemployed. Um, and what's the alternative? The alternative could be she could be a domestic um, servant earning like 2,500 rand a month and, and uh, working for um, eight, nine hours a day, riding a taxi to work. Yeah, she works for three hours a day and, and uh, makes good business. Um, and I profiled a, a whole number of, of these informal businesses uh, from people selling I'm a veg all the way through to, um, you know, to, to Gassi course people selling I'm a plate making, you know, 40,000, 50,000 rand a month. So, you know, it's not something to be ignored. I think the fact that they're informal uh, doesn't mean that they're not um, big, uh, profitable micro businesses. So that then begs the question around what the sentiment is around informal trading, um, because uh, it makes sense that people might either look down on it or might not aspire to actually get into it. Um, so from your research and putting together this latest book, uh, what have you found amongst uh, informal traders to be uh, the sentiment or the mood to actually get into business on an informal level? So I think that the biggest, you know, so so we, this is one of the tragedies is that we look at these micro businesses, which is how I prefer to call them, yeah. um, and we don't really see them as jobs. You know, the lady I was talking about um, who sells, the, who makes 30,000 rand a, a month, um, I said to her, will your son come and work here because her son's finished school? She said, ah, this is not a job. 
<laughs> and so I said, well, what uh, is he doing? She says, no, he's got a job as a trainee at Edgar's. And I said, and how much does he put in his pocket? She said, no, two five. So he earns 2,500 rand a month, but he could be. She said, no, she wants to set up another stand down the street for another Amaguinia um, athlete. And uh, she wanted to put him in there, but he didn't want the job. So he would rather accept a job earning 2,500 uh, the um clock at Edgar's than making 30,000 rand a month in, in this business because he doesn't recognize it as a business. We've built this entire society where we believe a, a job is eight to five, you have a pay slip, we haven't created an entrepreneur culture. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, is that these businesses are incredibly um, restricted because um, they can't get finance. Um, they... Uh, they, they struggle to get, um, well, they can't get finance because no one recognizes them. You know, I'm, I met a lady in Soweto who runs a very successful food outlet, and she wanted to buy an Italian coffee machine for 40,000 rand. She said, ah, you know, in Soweto now we're very civilized. We want coffee and stuff. So <laughs> um, she went to Absa and asked if she could borrow 40,000 rand because she's got cash flow limitations to, to buy um, this coffee machine. And they told her two things. The first, they said black people don't um, don't uh, um, uh, drink coffee. <laughs> and the second <laughs> thing they said to her is that we we can't fund a business in Soweto because we don't have a track record of your um, of your of your business yeah. uh, accounts, and um, we don't believe that uh, that your business case that this can be successful. And so they turned down this opportunity of her growing her business. And so now she says now she's putting money into the stock fell and she's hoping to get 40000 in a few months' time. And then she's going to, to buy this coffee machine. And she says, you know, buzzer bore now, you know. <laughs> so, and, and, and this is the tragedy is that uh, these businesses could potentially grow. They could employ more people. They could formalize, you know, the, the hawker could not build a little shop and so on. It doesn't happen because our financial institutions don't recognize this and... And, and um, you know, banks have become this place where they lend money to people who don't need it. Um, you know, and, and, and we should be seeing how we could fund these small micro businesses or entrepreneurs to grow these these businesses um, and, and stimulate our economy through this informal sector. That's actually quite a sad, uh, you know, state of affairs uh, that you're actually reporting on, Gigi. But I then wanted to ask. Um, because uh, you brought in the issue of um, going to the bank and the like and uh, keeping record. They, the bank saying that they don't have track records of what uh, her trading must have been like. What type of business models um, do you find informal traders are using and are they keeping um, records or do they just uh, in their head do uh, mental arithmetic and sort of know how much they mean to be having um, every day, uh, that type of thing? Because uh, I, I think that might help, you know, in the case of yeah. uh, of uh, applying for a loan, if at least you can show the fact that, listen, I'm, 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 I'm moving X number of, yeah. let's say, Amaguinia every day and I'm making this much every month, etc. So how are they doing it on that level? So, you know, you have to be careful. I mean, there are businesses that are hugely successful. I mean, there's a, if you want to call it, I don't know if you, you class it as the informal sector, there's a, a lady in uh, Pretoria who's got a, play, a, a range of shops called Spatlo Palace. And, you know, Spatlo is a quarter in the north. And um, she, she, um, she, she runs a very successful business and she has books and, and um, you know, her staff are paid... Um, 
you know, KYE and all of that kind of stuff and UIF and whatever. Oh, wow. Um, and so you have some of those more informal um, uh, businesses, um, which are larger businesses, um, and they, they do keep books and they're generally quite formal. They, because they, you know, still seen as in a sector which is seen as a high-risk sector that's unknown, misunderstood, um, they're not supported. But yes, the, the problem is with many of the smaller businesses, the restraint on them is that, uh, you know, the lady in, in Tembisa who I spoke about in the school, um, I said to her, how do you know how much you make? She says, no, I just look at the table and then I say, oh, this is how much I need to restock. <laughs> so I said, how accurate are you? She looked at me like I was stupid. She said, hey, I've been doing this for 26 years. You think I don't know how this works? Um, which is fair, you know. I mean, she, she's an expert. She's, she's run the same business for 26 years, profitably. Yeah. Um, but um, she... Um, but uh, you know, but she she will never get support until she actually gets a set of books and she starts um, recording how much she sells, buys, how much profit she makes. Uh, but in a sense, this is what what is required in this uh, sector: is how do we um, how do we uh, you know help those businesses formalise their business uh, activities so that uh, it does allow them to. Um, you know, to, to, to find opportunities for funding or support of, of that kind. Yeah. So as we as we end off, because we are sort of a bit short on time, um, what type of advice would you give to uh, perhaps, because some of our listeners uh, might be wanting to just start um, some little business on campus, for example, just here at Vitz, and they're just wondering how to go about it. That's the first thing. And then um, secondly, um, could you just let our listeners know a little around um, the, the your activities as Mina now? I remember last year you telling us um, you were introducing sort of the formal sector to the informal sector and how that's going on. Okay, yeah, so, so on, on the one hand, I think that um, from a Minanao perspective, we're a marketing business that does that, uh, you know, is, is driving, um, you know, trying to build, um, uh, you know, trying to drive marketers and corporates to look at the, the Gassi economies and how they can engage with that. Um, from the Gassinomics side, you know, one of the reasons I wrote uh, Gassinomic Revolution after Gassinomics was actually a big focus on it was about how to encourage entrepreneurs to look at these um, sectors and the opportunities represented um, within the GASI or the informal or the inner city economies um, to look at that um, with a different eye. You know, I often say, you know, people must look in the mirror, not look out the window. You know, don't look out at other businesses. Look at the opportunities around us, you know, whether they may be, um, you know, culturally based in things like food and and things um, or, uh, you know, um, you know, so, so, uh, I mean, one of the big businesses I see in the in the uh, Gassi environment is back rooms. You know, if you think of how many back rooms there are and what you can charge for rental for a back room, imagine if you started an Airbnb for back rooms, so that uh, you know you could uh, you could find rental and and uh, you know run it very much like Airbnb. You know, so I think that there's many opportunities that exist within the. Um, you know, with, within our own environments, which are based on understanding lifestyle and understanding needs within these environments, um, where we can create um, our own unique, um, you know, South African businesses. 
That was us. We're on the line with uh, Gigi Alcock. Uh, his latest book is called Cassinomics Revolution. Um, just an introspection into what um, formal sectors are looking like um, in South Africa at the moment. His first book is called Cassinomics, and it looks at uh, the township economy and the amount of money and business that's flowing through there. Thank you so much to him. He's also the head of Minenawe Marketing, introducing the formal to the informal sector. On the other side of this, we continue Continue with our show. Keep it locked. This is the business buzz. You're tuned in to the business buzz. And with that, we've come to the end of uh, tonight's Business Buzz show. Thank you so much to everyone who was listening to our show. Uh, your takeaways for today, I think uh, it was an interesting one. Yeah, I think my the, the takeaway was, you know, I actually tried to call a number of people from the city of Johannesburg to the Johannesburg Metro Police Station, amongst other people people to understand who the actual you know sort of authority body is Mm. when it comes to like informal traders and getting permits and getting all those things and i promise you i couldn't get a clear answer from anyone i thought that was quite odd considering the fact that you want to make this like an easy sector for people to get into and if it's so difficult for someone to get you know access to such information that should that information ought to be like a lot more easily available so i just think that that's one thing that ought to be you know, corrected because the next thing you know, people set up shop, and then they get their goods confiscated and other things confiscated because they don't have the necessary permits. Mm. So, if we can just make that easier, whoever is responsible for that, because I, I think it, everyone alluded to the fact that it was the Johannesburg uh, Metro Police. Um, so, if if that can just you know be made a bit easier and more accessible to people, I'd be absolutely elated. Mm. If anyone from the city of Johannesburg is listening to our show right now, please get in touch with Lengi Wazondo. She wants to know how it's done because she wants to go on the streets and actually do the things Mingle and with make the, the money. Be one with the people. <laughs> no, but you're right. I think um, it, it, what you're talking about, I think, is just a general um, problem with doing uh, business or any type of economic activity um, in South Africa. I think, I don't know about other countries, but this country in particular, I think, you know, information comes at a premium, whether you're registering a company mm-hmm. or whether you just want to go out on the street and uh, sell, you know, hot dogs or something. Like, it seems even like information around how to uh, file a tax return yeah. now that you're tr- now that you're informal yeah, trader. Like, do you, do you pay tax as an informal trader do you not you know all of you want to be a law-abiding citizen but then you know by not having this information readily available they're making it difficult you know so and even like what you're saying as an example like when you're registering your company you know that's how people end up getting like robbed and they get charged 1000 something rands to register a company for something that costs 175 rand yeah (laughs) Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. I think my takeaway comes from uh, some of the stories that uh, Gigi Alcock was talking about. And uh, the biggest one came from, um, he was citing a lady and he was saying that there's a lady who is selling a maguinia in town. And I think he said she's making between 20 and 30,000 rand a month. I'm going into the right space now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, people, people are making some some serious money out there because he was telling us stories around how there's one or two people that are making um, 
because we interviewed Gigi last year actually mm -hmm. and he talked to us about the township economy yeah. and he gave us stories about guys in Alex that are selling 2,000 quarter a day at 20 rand making um, making 40 to 50,000 rand a day you can't just, make that kind of money in corporate exactly <laughs> you know stuff like that but the interesting thing is when he told the story today you know in the interview that just came um, he was talking about how a lady she's selling amaguinia she's getting 20 to 30,000 rand a month but her son doesn't want to do the same thing that she does and would mm. rather go and be a trainee at mm. Edgar's for mm. 2,500 rand a month. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, because, you know, image, status, eh? People, yeah. people, people worry about these things, etc. I'd so. rather be like that Coco fam. <laughs> 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 no, my bank balance is looking good. Ah, but anyway, that's uh, it in terms of uh, tonight's show. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who was listening in. Um, you can continue uh, talking to us on social media. On Facebook, we are Vow FM. That's Voice of Vits, and you can also find us on Twitter as well. Uh, that's uh, at Vow FM, and then our hashtag is hashtag Business Buzz, and then our WhatsApp line that's zero eight four zero seven eight four nine one two, and you can also stream the station live on VowFM Z-A. Remember that podcasts of the Business Buzz show uh, are available on viz.journalism.co.za forward slash business. With that, we have reached the end of our show tonight. Thank you to our amazing team, executive producer, Elna Schutz, our producer, welcome, Lashiva, and our technical producer, Kutrano Sirame. Don't miss the Business Buzz same time next week for more insight into the business world. Now on the Vow FM lineup is Life Beats from myself, Klingi Welondi Wazondo, and Mudiwa Mob Justice Gavaza, and the rest of the team. Take care. The, the Business Buzz. Listen to the Business Buzz every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Only, only on Vow FM. The Business Buzz Podcast. Podcast.